Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome to Crime Time, a podcast discussing all things crime, thriller, horror, suspense, and mystery fiction. This is episode 14, season 5. I'm Lee. I'm Eddie. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome back to my life. Whew. Boom. It's December. It's December. I noticed you've uh, hung some stockings with care. I have. Mm-hmm, I have. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get one of those elf on the shelf because I think that that's the most crime time uh, friendly sort of Christmas decoration because it's uh, sinister. <laughs> I don't really get, like, it's a thing, right? It's a thing. Elf on a shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think what happened was this one family had an elf on a shelf, right? So they, like... I think one of the parents made this elf, probably macrame, I don't know, it's a horror. And they put it on the shelf and they said to their kids, this elf reports back to Santa. And I think it was because the kids were like, oh, how does Santa know, right? Yeah. And they were like, well, it's this elf on the shelf who's watching you, right? And then they wrote a kid's book about it, like about the elf on the shelf. Like that family did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right, right. Uh, And then they published it. It like went viral or something and and they got a publishing deal. So now... They sell the book with an elf on the shelf. Okay, I'm just going somewhere. I'm going like Panopticon. Right, and that's exactly what it is. So what happened was when it first kind of was a thing, people were like, oh, that's really cute. And then they bought it and they realized their kids were getting really increased anxiety because they were so worried about this elf. It's like draconian, right? So they're policing themselves. They are. The kid is the elf on the show. Exactly, exactly. Because he knows when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. Like, he knows if you've been good or bad. Like, you know, like that's Panopticon as well, but the elf on the shelf just brings it that little bit further. It's, you know, it's the tower in the distance where you can't tell if they're watching because it's got a reflective window. Yeah. This is so funny because I went to an appointment this morning and the woman I was talking to there was like, uh, blah 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 blah. We got this weird ornament because it wouldn't sell at this other place, and it was the elf. <laughs> was it the yeah, elf? Yeah, but the I, I, I was like, I don't really know the backstory, so we moved on. Yeah. But now here we are. Yeah. So they were like, there was a, they were really popular, and then they were really not popular, and now I don't, I don't know. I don't think they've faded into obscurity. Like I see them around. Oof. Elf on a shelf. What are your thoughts, listeners? <laughs> Guys, like tweet us at Crime Time Pod. Let us know. Do you have an elf on your shelf? Good, bad, indifferent. What? What's the feeling? Because for me, I'm like that's some um, Annabelle level inviting things into your home. Like, don't do that. Anyway, so what are we talking about? There's today? a lot. There's a lot happening today. Uh, so we're talking about the rumor by Leslie Cara. Uh, we're talking about Terminated Dark Fate, which came out last month. Everyone's been waiting for it. Yeah, and we're discussing those criminal gifts to get for the crime lover in your life. Okay, so Leslie Cara, the rumor. All right, so you know, you know, I've got a few different hats on at the moment. So it's a it's a stack. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm like, this is obnoxious. Who needs that many hats? So we talk about books on the podcast, and I study social media at work, right? Yeah. And this book yeah. brings both of those things together. Ooh. And 
I'm noticing that there's this trend in crime fiction books where they're bringing in, of course, these like digital elements, like yeah. social media, being watched more, yeah. being connected more, but like, I guess turning it, uh, well, it already gets kind of a sinister edge yeah, in popular yeah. culture, but really bringing that into the yeah, crime fiction like, I'm reading. Dark mirror. I think it's really yes, interesting. Yeah. I, I've been watching this series, and obviously we don't talk about true crime, but I've been watching this series that I think it's from the UK and they're talking about, I think it's like click for murder or something like that. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, one of those things yeah. they're like, 1-800-DEAD-A-BIT, you know, like yeah. www. You've been killed Downloading on Downloadingdeath.com, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of this kind of stuff where they're like, the internet is sinister, but you know, you have these psychologists who are, I think mostly forensic psychologists, and, and cops who are being spoken to by this interviewer who's like, and yes, didn't the internet kill them? And they're like, well, the internet provided a new avenue for these people who are murderers yeah, like to do that, but they would have done it through a different avenue. Yeah. But he's like desperately trying to like yeah, make yeah, yeah, it yeah. internet yeah. like specific. Like there's this one that, uh, it's really awful, but uh, this woman uh, listed herself as single and that was on, on Facebook mm -hmm. and that was one of the precipitating events. I think I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the, the presenter's like, and so her Facebook thing caused her murder and there's oh. these like psychologists who are like, she didn't cause her murder. <laughs> Jesus. Like they're just like, you, like, cause you can see they're really struggling with the fact that they've been told to be like, yes, the internet is the thing here, but they just can't manage it. They're like, this is ludicrous. Like, no one should be murdered over changing their relationship status on Facebook. Let's talk about the real issue. Like, the real issue here is this murder guy. Well, I, I know I've spoken about this a few times, but I just loved it. And it was Patricia Arquette in CSI Cyber. Oh my god, it, yes. It didn't last very long, oh. but I loved it. And one episode was where, like, hackers were like, I don't know, I think they were, like, getting into a computer and, like, huh. making it really hot. And then it was catching on fire. So they were starting these fires wow. by hacking in. Yes. Hack, hack. I can't say that enough. Yeah, wow, I mm. love it. Mm. Yeah, because I've been watching um, Grey's Anatomy and they always like bring in these things that are just so absurd. Like the other day I was watching one and they were like, uh, there's this woman who's like put her hand inside this, in the cavity, in this guy's like chest cavity because he's like bleeding out. And she's like, oh, I got it. And they're like, uh, does it feel odd in there? What are you, what are you touching? And she's like, I don't know, it's kind of hard. Turns out it's a bomb. Whoa. He's got a bomb inside. <laughs> I'm like, this is really silly, but I love it. Yeah. yeah. You're all about it. Um, but yeah, no, the internet, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. And it's, it's, it's finding its way into the crime fiction I'm reading. So yeah. this one called Rumours. Let me set the scene for you. Small town UK. Wait, wait, wait. Is it called The Rumour or Rumours? Uh, let me double check. Because otherwise, like, Fleetwood Mac's going to have a field day. <laughs> it's, called, like... it's called The Rumour. Right, right, yeah. For, for copyright reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Fleetwood Mac would come after us. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac, if you're listening. Give us a bit of notoriety. Yeah, come on. Do your worst. No, so Joanna, main character, lives in this, I guess, you know, I've talked about this before, but villages in the UK, small towns, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And she There's has... Tudor homes. Tudor homes? Yeah, there's some cool-ass Tudor homes. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, she's struggling, single mum, kind of. She kind of has a boyfriend who's the father of her child. Yeah. It's on again, off again. He's a journalist. Yeah. She is like a realtor. 
Right, and then she changes her status on Facebook. <laughs> no, but what she does do is she goes to like a book club in her town and then this time she hears a bit of a rumour start up and the rumour is Tell that the, the true part of the rumour is that there was a uh, a young girl, I guess she was like 10 or something, she murdered another kid when she was, when they were little, right? Right. And she ended up going away to a juvenile detention facility right. and uh, was re-released sometime after under a new identity. Right, yeah, because that happens in that the happens, UK. That happens, yeah. So there was a notorious case of a little girl called, and this is true, Mary yeah. Bell. I don't know if you've heard of her. I haven't, but I do know that there was two young boys in, I think, the 90s or 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who committed some really horrific violent murder. And, and they uh, have, I think, since been, one of them has been released back. Uh, into the general community under different names, of course, because they're, they'd be in danger. Yeah, so I followed that quite closely. Right. So they've both been released and they both have new identities, but they keep getting in trouble right. again and yeah. again. Yeah. I think sometimes you're on a path. and But in the case of Mary Bell, she went to prison and has been re-released. I think that the media actually found her. Right. Potentially, I'm not sure, but... Um, you know, in, in all of these cases, we see that these kids were like really horribly abused before they went yeah. on to yeah. commit crime. But I guess like crime fiction and, and popular culture likes to say like the bad seed or the yeah, evil yeah, child yeah, or something. Definitely, so definitely. look, I like to, you know, mess with the idea of evil bad seed child in crime mm. fiction, but there's this mm. like critical part of my brain that says not a thing. Yeah, fully. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's look, I, I think we've done a lot of talking on this podcast where we say representation matters and these kinds of things are important. Like when we were talking uh, the last episode about Joker yeah. and about how it's really important that he's portrayed as actually being more vulnerable to violence than he is, uh, you know, at first anyway, mm. uh, than he is a danger to anyone else. Yeah. But, um, listeners might get a little bit i don't know if people get a bit tired because yeah. we're always going to come with that critical yeah. edge we want to get down in the dirt and just enjoy it like snuffling pigs sometimes we're just yeah. like uh, let's talk about the truth of the matter sure, as well. sure sure but also can we just talk about the fact that pigs enjoy running around in the mud but they only poop in one corner is that true yeah they're not actually that gross they're actually quite clean pigs so we love trash we love garbage we love this kind of like oh that kid's just bad oh, like, in like, a book born bad yeah, yeah in a yeah. book Book. Yeah. But like, you know, if you're talking about real life, it's always more complicated. Yeah. So this story is what I said. This little girl kills this other kid, goes to juvenile detention centre, is released later in life under a pseudonym. Right. And so there's a rumour that she's in the area. There's a rumour that she's moved to the town. <gasps> dun, and, dun, dun. And so suddenly, you know, this rumour starts to take on a life of its own. I guess it's activated a little bit by this main character, Joanna. Right. So she tells her journalist boyfriend who gets really interested in the right, case. Of and of course. And you know, she's trying to fit into this new town with the new mums, and so she's runs out of things to talk about, so she says what she says, and, and I guess it's right. construed a bit as gossip, right? Right, sure. Wait, she's new in the town? She's new in the town. Mm. No, no, she's returning to the town, so her mum oh, lives right. there. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. But anyway, so so this this rumour kind of takes on a life of its own. Right. And she's tagged in a tweet that from a person who has a name very similar to the child killer that she's been talking about. Right. And starts sending kind of sinister messages and then starts hashtagging her son's name. <gasps> so she has a small son that lives in the village as well. So she's been engaging in malicious gossip yeah and then she starts getting cyberbullied exactly right and like also people start pointing fingers in the town based on this gossip it starts taking on a life of its own and you start thinking is is that her is that her is that her and it's kind of building up to a point yeah yeah can i make my my guess go on all right ready i gotta get gotta get in the guessing position (laughs) assume the position 
All right. Uh, the girl hasn't moved to the area. She's just straight up not in the area. It's just like some bullshit. And then someone's like cyberbullying her because they're also a turf. Look, I haven't finished it yet. I mean, I've got like the last few chapters and it hasn't been revealed to me yet. So I thought still a good time to review it. Oh yeah, good, good, good. You means you so, can't ruin it. I'm not sure who it is, but I do have a point and I'm not sure if it's going to resolve itself somehow in the end. But I feel like the book, to me, from my perspective, yeah. is taking this moral edge of like gossip is bad. Right. But my question is... You live in a small town, you have small kids, yeah. and there's a person there that's for whatever reason has previously killed a child and is living in your town under a pseudonym. Yeah. I don't know if it's bad to discuss that. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that this is interesting because gossip is often phrased as this particularly feminine mm. thing. And I think a lot of obviously, you know, personally I've engaged in gossip. But some of that gossip has been um, what I would call safety gossip, Mm. where people are discussing something that they're not wholly sure about, but they're trying to get the word out there that they're not quite sure about, you know, a particular person, a particular location, a particular event, whatever. Mm. And, And there's this concern around safety. And I think that that is really important. And I think... Also just like discussing stuff, yeah. that's good. I think that this book is maybe taking the perspective that those kind of ideas where you're not really sure but you're saying it can like lead to hurting people that are just innocent bystanders. Yeah, and I think but that's true, it but... Is, but we, we talk, we're social by mm-hmm. nature, you know? Yeah, I just think that like, if you're open and honest about where you're getting your information from, then that's probably gonna be all right. You know what I mean? Like, but I kept putting myself in the character's shoes and I was like, I, I think that there's meant to be this uh, idea that she's meant to like close her mouth or something. Stop right. spreading these rumors. Right, sure, sure, sure. But, and, and that might not be how the story resolves itself. But I just think I would also be talking about this. Yeah. This is something to speak about. Yeah, definitely. So would you say uh, that in terms of stars, star rating your, it's ambivalent out of five? <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a yeah. great book. I yeah. really like the story. Uh, I really like the characters. I feel like they're built quite nicely. Yeah. I like the relationship between the main character and her partner. I like the yeah. complexity of it. So they had this child together when they weren't really in a relationship and uh-huh. they've continued to co-parent well, and have cute. not an on-off on off again relationship just have this like uh, more of like a um, casual relationship um, that turns a little bit more serious in the book and I just like the complexity of that I feel like she does a really good job of building up these characters in the town and kind of like "Mm, which one of they are they Uh, yeah 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 okay new guest the journalist boyfriend is actually the killer killer. yeah that's a great one yeah Uh, I've got another one yeah Uh, the town priest yeah, it's always the town. It's priest. always the town yeah. priest. <laughs> I don't mean in real life. I also love these um, British crime fiction small town situations yep. where you can almost feel the claustrophobia. Oh, fully. It's the perfect setting for yeah. a for a story about rumors and gossip and Definitely. and talking because yeah. there's nowhere to go. Fully. Um, I'm I'm just gonna say it for those last few chapters you have left. Mm. Uh, you you know. Uh, my prediction, this is my final final prediction. If you could see Eddie's face, you know that something silly is coming right now. It's very <laughs> earnest. Uh, she and all of the people who are under suspicion mm. uh, all enter the Great British Bake Off. And as they're eliminated, they die. <laughs> I feel like that's a new story in itself. <laughs> Maybe that's the rumor part two. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, all right. Well, Leslie Carr, if you're listening, Let's collab. Uh, side note, I love British Bake Off. Yeah, Mary Berry, if you're listening. So good. And oh. there's no prize. They just win some flowers and some <laughs> adulation. 
Right? I just love when Mary Berry picks something up and says, oh, that's a bit of a soggy bottom. Yeah, that's her favourite phrase. <laughs> and everyone's like, <laughs> Right? That's literally. <laughs> I, that's me. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that was great. Now time for Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Terminator. Terminator. Take us there. Dark Fate. I just have to start by saying I haven't seen it, but I'm really excited about really seeing excited. it, so don't yeah. give anything major away. All right, so first of all, uh, the first spoiler that I have is that there is, in fact, a robot sent from the future. <laughs> 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 so this one, I, th I think it's really interesting because you start out with none of the kind of classic Terminator characters. Sarah Connor's not there, John Connor's not there. Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't there. You've just got this whole new cast mm. uh, and they're suddenly being chased by a Terminator uh, and then Sarah Connor shows up. Right. So it's, it's really interesting. Like Good or bad? Yeah. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Okay, so I gotta, I gotta preface this with what a ride. Right. Oh, oh, so good. It was just bam, bam, bim, bim, bam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah Connor was such a important part of my developing psyche as a child. Yeah. Like I was both terribly drawn to her and terribly afraid of her. Yeah. Um, I was just drawn, yeah. drawn to her. Um, I remember, I, I, I must have been about 10 or 11 and I saw that scene in Terminator 2 where she's got her like she's in uh, I think she's in a psych ward and she's doing and she's doing chin ups oh, on the, the side oh, of the bed. That's it. That's that moment where I'm like, what am I feeling? <laughs> you just have that moment and you're like, I'm having a feeling. <laughs> I don't know what that feeling is. I want to have this feeling more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like as a as a ten year old, I was like, whoa. But I think for me it was like that feeling of like, whoa, but also coupled with the fact that she was in this dangerous, cycle situation, yeah. filled me with terror. Yeah. So I think that was the violence I was feeling, yeah. like the attraction to her, but then the fear for her. And then yeah. that didn't feel good. No, fully. Yeah. Mm. I, and I think you're right. Like, I think that there's this kind of image of Sarah Connor where the second she becomes any kind of strong, she's immediately persecuted. Mm. But yeah, so she's just become a Terminator killing machine, basically. What happened to her in the end of Terminator 2? So at the end of Terminator 2, her and John Connor have prevented the robot apocalypse, right. basically. They've stopped Judgment Day. Um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger gives a thumbs up as he slowly uh -huh. uh, yes. melts into a vat of like molten metal, I think. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Iconic. Uh, I cried. I don't know if you cried, but I cried! Yeah. So this one, I think it, it's really interesting because this one ignores pretty much the rest of the sequels from that point. Oh no, we're gonna have that misery moment, you know, where she's like... Oh. <laughs> Do you, are you saying that I'm gonna kidnap, like, J.J. Abrams or whoever it is that did it? No, no, I always think of that moment in Misery where she's telling Paul the story. Kathy Bates is telling yeah. Paul that authored the story about how you can't just pretend that something didn't happen in a story and just have a new uh, right. start. Right, 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 yeah, That's yeah, yeah. really infuriating to the watcher. Yeah, and then she, like, burns his new manuscript because she's like, it's garbage and trash, you have to do something better. Look. She's not wrong. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that movie that, is so unsettling. It's really unsettling, but is that Franken-Co? <laughs> oh like, like people people write something and it's just not holding together and we're like... <laughs> Set it on fire. We're like, you can't do that, that's garbage! <laughs> just for the record, we would never do we, that. We, it's a digital service, we can't get to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just great. So, so it ignores the kind of 
later sequels. And I think that that's a good thing. I thought they were prequels. I thought they were like an alternate universe. I think they were. Yeah. Um, because there was one where Sarah Connor was already dead. Mm. And I was like, record scratch sound. <laughs> don't even talk to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't... Mm, mm, it's a no. It's a no from me. This one is... I think the thing that's really interesting about this one is they've already prevented uh, Skynet. Mm. So the threat isn't Skynet. It's a different AI. It's a different robot apocalypse. So... And it seems that Sarah Connor has been just preventing <laughs> apocalypse after apocalypse since the 90s. She must be exhausted. She's probably really tired. Yeah. I, I just gotta say, it's it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Like it's I just, I had a really good time. Uh, I had some moments where I, I, I got a bit teary. I had some moments where I was like, yeah! And there was also a few moments where I was like, Ugh. you know, there's a few cringe moments like, where they're doing slightly too much fan service. Like they're like, we paid, I don't know, $10 billion to get Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film and we will, damn it, we will use every second of footage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's not all golden. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I think overall it, it's, it's really great. Like I think that there's this kind of um, new lease on life for the Terminator franchise i kind of hope it doesn't keep going yeah right how come well because i just think you know they got a good thing going maybe they should quit while they're ahead it makes me sad when there's a few really good movies and then they turn it into like a television spin-off yeah do you remember clueless they did that with clueless did they yeah wow i never knew well because i know that there was um the terminator like there was the sarah connor chronicles oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for a while there with um, not summer glow yeah it's not sarah connor mm. I mean, it's got to be Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton or Bus. Yeah. If you love Terminator films, mm -hmm. and if you love, I'm going to say, just like explosions, people jumping out of planes, people fighting underwater, you know, people, giant robots with like knife arms. Well, who, is, who doesn't really? Come on. This is the film for you. <laughs> so how many uh, molten pools of metal out of five would you give it i give it four and a half nice yeah nice yeah but i'm gonna say five because i'm like i don't know if a half pool of molten metal is enough to destroy a terminator <laughs> all right we don't have much time left but we have to get there boom criminal gifts criminal gifts christmas is upon us yeah just hear those sleigh bells ringling a jing ting tingling too i have a lot of crime lovers in my life mm-hmm and uh, I have a lot of Christmas gifts to buy. And uh, I just need some advice, Lee. Let me give you some ideas off the top of my head. You ready? Boom, let's go. Okay, you know what I love? Tell me. Uh, those puzzles, they're either like wooden or metal. Right. And they're, they come like locked together and you have to figure out how to solve them and take them apart and put them back together again. Oh my God, it's like an escape room in your hands. Such good value for money. Ideal. Yeah, I, I love those because I get them and I can never solve them. <laughs> So it's like, it's a lifetime guarantee. Exactly. You've got this one I can see on the shelf behind you. I've never been able to do it. But it doesn't mean I ain't going to keep trying. Yeah, well, I'm really glad. <laughs> I just love your crestfallen face when it falls open oh, and you can't figure out why. Gosh. I'm just going to say it. Jackie Chan DVD box set. You know what I'm saying? Boom. Police story. The greatest story ever told. 
police story? Yeah, look, okay. We all know that police are not the greatest. <laughs> I'm like, where's this going? <laughs> but Jackie Chan, first of all, pure of heart. Police story is just like a young Jackie Chan doing some of the greatest kung fu stunts of his career. Okay, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. <laughs> just purchase Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, puzzle games. I'm just going to say it. The first three books in a series. Oh, you know what I'm a, saying? That's a great present. Because you don't want to just give someone one, mm, right? You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, you want to give them the first three. It's like a taster. It's like, boom, here's a whole new world. I wonder if the top of our heads would come up with a few series. I'll start. All right. Case Scarpetta. Ooh, Pequod. The Scarpetta series. I love it. Yeah, uh -huh. that's a good one to start someone on. It's it's a journey. Actually, the first three books I read from that series, in that were the first three in the series, came in an omnibus. Oh, yeah. And I just read them all together, and it was brilliant. Ideal. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Sue Grafton's Alphabet series. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, oh, I've got another one, more yep. contemporary even. Rachel Kane. Ooh. So she has four books in a series right now, and I would recommend just getting them all and devouring yeah. them. Those are those ones about that woman whose husband turns out to be a, a serial, serial killer. killer. Oh my God. If Ooh. I could go back and reread without having read, I would do so. Amazing. So do it for me, listeners. If they've already read it, invest in some kind of sunshine of the spotless mind technology to erase that experience so they can have it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other thing you could get for the writer in your life is a comprehensive manuscript assessment. You can give the writer in your life a professional manuscript assessment by Frank & Co, AKA Eddie and I. We provide fresh, independent feedback designed to strengthen a writer's work on the road to publishing. So at Frank & Co, we do a manuscript assessment where we review our consistency, structural effectiveness, pacing, voice, characterization, readability, and reader satisfaction. Boom! So you can uh, either buy that yourself for yourself because spoil yourself is Christmas. Yeah. Or you can buy it for a loved one. Exactly. You can get a gift certificate on our site. We'll send you the gift certificate digitally and they can, get this, redeem it for up to 10 years. Up to 10 years? Wow, I'll be dead by then. <laughs> That's a lifelong commitment we're making to each other. <laughs> but if you want to hear more about Frank & Co, you can go to frankcoreaders.com or you can go check it out via a link on our website at cramfampod.com. Yeah, boom. And if you've got the next children's book, Elf on a Shelf, uh, I'm gonna say Butter on the Gutter. <laughs> Duck on a Puck. <laughs> Send it our way. <laughs> we'll tell you what's up. Seriously though, this is a huge passion of ours. We've spent many years reviewing and reading books in all sorts of genres. Uh, I have a literary background, Lee has a mental health background, and we're just really passionate about making the experience of reading better. I think there's a lot of really great writing out there that could be better. Check out our testimonials page on our website. We've had a lot of happy customers already and that warms our heart. Absolutely. And I just think for me, if you want to give little old Eddie <laughs> uh, a beautiful Christmas gift, please give me the gift of reading your work and, and helping, helping you to get it just, you know, to that next level. Uh, and with, with that said, God bless us, everyone. <laughs> All right, we've got to go. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs>